Welcome to Reach, a podcast produced by WEC Australia that invites people who are actively sharing their faith in Christ to share their own story. Some share their faith within their own culture, in their own home country. Some are living in other countries where they do this across cultures. I'm your host, Richard Jenner, and with me today we have Margaret Love. Now, Margaret hails from Tamworth, New South Wales in Australia and works with Wycliffe Bible Translators. Hello, Margaret. Hey, Richard. How are you today? Now, have I got that correct? You do come from Tamworth? Um, I, I live in Tamworth. You live in Tamworth. My husband comes from Tamworth. Okay. But I was born in a place called Ningen. Ningen. Now, is that in New South Wales? It is in New South okay. Wales. It's uh, northwest of Dubbo. So I was born in Ningen. I've lived in Tottenham, Katoomba and West Wyalong, where I finished my high school education, trained as an enrolled nurse. Okay, well, that, that's a lot, of, a lot about yourself <laughs> already. So you would say you're from the country then, as oh, in... total country totally. bum. <laughs> you're, not, you're not a city girl. Well, you, you spend a lot of time in the city uh, with your ministry. Yes. Which, which is awesome. Now, I, I've actually known Margaret and her husband, Robert, for a long time. We've worked together on a lot of projects and... Um, I must say, Wycliffe is an amazing organisation. They, uh, what, what does Wycliffe do? Just a bit of a taster. Yeah, Wycliffe's aim is to get the Bible into the languages of people who don't have the Bible. Um, there's about 2,000 languages uh, still waiting to have God's word in a language that best speaks to their heart. So, um, yeah, that's our goal. And um, we started in the 1920s with um, Cameron Townsend. Um, and working on still. And it's a fantastic ministry. And we'll hopefully hear a bit more about that later. I've actually got the statistics here from, from their website. There's 724 languages with the full Bible. Yep. Did you know that? Yep. You did. <laughs> New Testament portions, uh, 1,617. Another 1,248 just with a portion. And so there's a lot of languages waiting for people to come and help translate. That's right. Um, and waiting for people to come translate, waiting for people to come and help them, train them to be able to translate into their language and give them the skills and the ability to do that. So there's a job for all. Yes. <laughs> and the thing is, those languages, a lot of them are not written down. So it's not just as like pick up a book and let's learn that language. Yep. But it's going in and working with the community and helping them and giving them alphabets and working out the wow. grammar and Oh, dear me. All that stuff. <laughs> it, it sounds like a specialised ministry, but there's there's jobs for everyone within that in, in support and everything else. And, and hopefully we'll get to that. But first, Margaret, I know you have a great story. I actually don't know much of it and I'd love to hear it. So we've heard where you were born. Yep. And um, what happened after that? How did you, you know, what was your upbringing like? When did you come to know Christ? Mm -hmm. I'm... Um the second born of uh, five children, um, to Norma and Charlie Paris. Um, and my dad was a panel beater and my mum mm. was a stay-at-home mum, as mm -hmm. you did in the 1960s. That'll tell you how old I am. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, and we, uh, dad was a city boy that came out to the country. Okay. Um, we grew up going to church from the time we were a week old. Uh, we started attending church. Um, but when I moved, we moved out to West Wyalong, in my um, between year eleven and twelve, um, that's when I would say I really became a Christian, and I say that because 
because going to church and being involved in Christian endeavor and youth group and stuff like all that, those things, I had made decisions, but really didn't know how to grow as a Christian um, in those decisions. But between year eleven and twelve, there was a outreach to West Wylong and. That's when I recommitted my life and knew seriously that's what I so wanted to do. It sounds like you had some sort of discipleship going on there from somebody else. Is, would that um, be true? Yeah, or? there was some, um, some of our youth group leaders helped with that mm. um, from the time I was in year 12 on. I went to Sunday school regularly, church regularly. Um, it was the personal stuff, the personal quiet time stuff that I think I struggled with for the longest time, knowing how to do that and what to do with it and not get mm. bored with it and that sort of thing. Um, and it's only later in life that I'm... That became real. ...embracing it <laughs> and finding ways that really speak to my heart and help me to be regular in that and grow. Okay, okay. That, that's, well, that's a, that's a lovely upbringing, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. It's wonderful. <laughs> you know, I hear kids talk about when they share their testimony, they've grown up in Christian families and it's almost like, oh, well, I've got nothing to share. But, but you the have. fact that we've had this wonderful upbringing and we haven't had some of the drastic struggles that other people have had yeah. and we need to rejoice in that heritage that our parents have given yeah. us. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Not that, uh, you know... Uh, any upbringing has its difficulties. That's right, it does. <laughs> as, you, as you know. So so you, you finished school, um, you did your studies, as you, as you mentioned. What led you to, to serve with Wycliffe? Now, was that the first ministry you got involved in? No, or? no. I um, trained as an enrolled nurse and worked as an enrolled nurse to, till 1985. And then uh, with the influence of a dear friend um, who'd been out with YWAM, I went and did a discipleship training school with YWAM in in Goulburn um, and enjoyed that so much that I went back on staff from 1986 through to um, 1989. And then in 1990, I went and worked in Fiji with YWAM for three years. Okay. And then went to PNG, Papua New Guinea, and worked there for two years. And that's where I met my husband. Who was working with Wycliffe? Who was working with Wycliffe? Ah, yes. Um, <laughs> in a national organisation within in Papua New Guinea. Okay. So two country kids who lived six hours driving time from each other met in Port Moresby, the metropolis of. As PNG, you do. As you do. As you do. <laughs> and what was he doing in in um in Papua? Um, well, Robert's a trained accountant, um, and he went to serve um, doing accounts with the PNG um, Bible Translation Association. Um, okay. in, in Port Moresby and had served in um, aviation previous to that up in our headquarters in Ukarumpa. Okay, okay. We need to get a map out. Get a map out as you hear this story. Uh, I'm not sure where they are, but but I can I can see. Um, do you say Papua or Papua New Guinea Papua. or pa- Papua? Papua. Now you've got me, Richard. Oh, sorry Papua about New Guinea. Papua New Guinea. Yeah. Um, very good, because I. I forget how many languages there are there, but it is huge, isn't it? I think yeah, it's, there's like 800. It's a, it's a lot. It's yes. a large percentage of the yes. world's uh, languages are in actually in Papua New Guinea yeah. uh, because of all the basic, – basically because of the geography. So yes. a massive need there. Yes. And, and lots of work done by yeah. Wycliffe over, over the years there. So what's your ministry now? What, what do you do now? Do you do anything useful? Oh, sometimes I wonder, but yes. Uh, Robert and I live in Tamworth and um, uh, um, uh, help trying to engage people with the needs of Whitcliffe 
um, long term. So we go around and we talk at churches and we run programs trying to engage people with the idea of there are people out there that still don't have the Bible in a language that's clear for them to understand. Yes, there are Bibles available, but they're in languages that um, they're not very fluent in and hard to understand. So uh, we do that from Tamworth, which means we do come to Sydney regularly. We did live in Sydney when um, we first came home from Papua New Guinea, uh, from 2004 to 2010. Um, mm. So that role is varied and wide. And what, what's the reception like? Uh, as in when, when you tell people about this need and the need for people to do this, uh, this work, uh, what look do you get? <laughs> I think people are amazed. <laughs> yes. Um, I like to tell the story. Um, yes, there's... Bibles in different languages that these people might have access. But I think about if I had to read a Bible in German or French or even Greek or Hebrew, I wouldn't understand it. No. It would go straight over my head. Um, And then there might be another language. So in some countries they have a trade language, which is a mix of a bunch of languages, and they do trade in it. Well, that's fine. They can understand a little bit of that. But it's not their heart language. But it's not a language that's clear. I mean, how many times do we sit down with the Bible and we think, I have no idea what that means because it's in a context that I don't understand with my Australian English brain and sometimes someone has to explain that to me or I have to get a version that makes it a little clearer. Mm. I mean, we're, we're so blessed in Australia and to be English speakers, to have so many versions of the Bible. And we keep making more. Yes. It keeps getting revised and revised because English changes. Well, what about those people out there who don't even have a version (laughs) in their language for them to revise? Yes. And and I know many of them actually do have versions that were done maybe 50 years years ago. ago, And, And as you know, things have moved on since then. And they really need a, a good revision. Mm. But what I don't understand is I, I can I, I can just rejoice in this this work. Yeah. I think how valuable it is, and I think others do. But it seems to be hard to get people to make that next step, or even a church to make this next step and get behind the ministry because it is so obviously I don't know a valid ministry. Yeah, and it's, it's so wonderful. It's a long term ministry. I mean, I've heard of one translation that was done in eight years, um, but that person had a, a big team of educated locals helping So them. eight years is short? Eight years is short. Okay. Where wow. friends have been working on their <laughs> New Testament translation for 40 years. I'm worried about tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> if I'll have any success. <laughs> eight years. So maybe that's one reason that... People are so used to things happening quickly, yes. even within two or three years. Yes. We think that's a long time. But eight years minimum, maybe maybe 15. 25. Okay. Average. But things are getting a little easier. Some, um, some translation is happening a little quicker because we've got computers, we've got programs that help. Um, but if... There's no related language to what's being translated and they don't know that there's still the grammar 
research that has to happen and alphabet devised and you have to teach people to be able to read their language there's a lot involved so that they can then read the bible and teach them how to read the bible and and to have quiet times and all that sort of stuff and then to be able to use the language the work that they've done in translation in wider communication with Mm. health and um, agriculture and education in general Okay. Now, Margaret, you may not know this. Um, I actually helped in a Bible translation. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, helped is probably a... Yeah, I'm probably... Yeah. Did you hinder? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> when when um, Denise and I lived in, in Cote d'Ivoire or the Ivory Coast, there was the Ba language, mm. G-B-A-N, and it was just finishing in translation, actually. There, there was a little team doing it, and every day they would gather around a table. I believe there was one lady from England and about three um, Ivoirians who would sit around a little table and uh, just talk about the scriptures and, and go over them and test them. I think they would actually take them out to a village, or not to a village, mm. just to, to people. To and a te- community. To a community and test each verse. Mm. Mm. Is that sort of what it looks like when, when you see a team of translators? Yep, yep. Um, our translators... Um, will bring their team into a location or if they're living in the village to have a house where they can all come and they'll read scriptures and most of our translators are trained in Greek and Hebrew so they can exegete and work out wow. the meaning right behind um, and they talk it over and how does it work in the language and some languages are missing words like that we know like love, grace. Yes, they've got another way of describing that. They maybe. don't have. Anyway, okay. Yes, um, <laughs> you know, and so translators have got to find, well, how do we translate this? How do we what, communicate it? How do you communicate yeah. it? So, um, yes, but now you've got computers. Um, sometimes um, now um, local translators might have a computer and they might sit down and they'll send text okay. to the to the um, expat translator and they can check it. and So that's a, one way of speeding it, it up. They do take it out to the community to make sure it speaks well. So it sounds like weekly for any translation that there's a real value in doing things well. Oh, yes. And not, you don't not, not rushing it. Even you know, you don't even want to if get it, it takes theologically a few more incorrect, do you? Yes. You don't want to <laughs> no. start another cult or something because you mistranslated one word yeah. in God's word. Um, yes. He wants us to be faithful to his word. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's why they they do take the time to that, make sure it's That's a good point. The value of God's word. We value it so much. Uh, we protect it. Uh, we, we take time in studying it carefully so we can tell people about it. And it's the same thing with, with, mm. with translation. Mm. Margaret, do you have a, a story about a life that's been changed by translation? Yes. Um, one of our colleagues, Dave, was up in Papua New Guinea and working with a particular language group. And there was a gentleman there who was a fierce warrior and involved in lots of tribal warfare and paybacks and and all the rest of it, Um, and for whatever reason, the village chose him to be a part of the translation team. okay. He was not a follower of Jesus, and they were translating in the New Testament. I can't remember exactly what the verse was, but it was something about blood. Yes. Um, And maybe it was the blood of Jesus cleansing. And this man got a revelation of his life and where he was, um, the fact that he wasn't a Christian, wasn't a follower of Jesus. And Dave talks about him like he went away and stewed over this this gentleman from Papua New Guinea 
He came back and his face had transformed. Wow. He confessed all because he was having nightmares of all the people that he'd killed. The blood was crying out to him mm. like um, Cain and Abel. So God's. blood was very real. Blood was very real. And he and so once he committed his self life to the Lord, they said his face just changed. Mm. Well, that's what translation's all about, isn't mm. it? Changing lives. Well, that's what the Word of God's all about. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> change, change Changing of heart, yes. change, change of life. Yes. Um, that's we're not just translating for the sake of it, so we can tick off boxes of languages. Exactly. Um, it's because we we love people, we love Christ, and want want to see people know Him. Yes. In and, a full way, and be, be and tr- be there with Him in the end in yeah. His kingdom, praising yep. Him. Yep. 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 Um, we we. Sh- in many ways, we don't do it. We are holding um, our faith to ourselves. We're not. We're not. We're being selfish. Yeah, yeah. We're not obeying the Great Commission in its wholeness. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, yeah. That's 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 awesome. Now, I don't know if I'm too old to be a translator, Margaret, but um, <laughs> another I'm not life. one either. <laughs> <laughs> if someone wanted to get involved in in Wycliffe or translation. I'm sure they can go to the website and get a yep. contact, but how do they do it? Well, what jobs are there? I suppose the main thing is your heart is for uh, the vision and, and mission yep. of of Wycliffe. But if you were interested in yep. translation, um, even um, um, literacy, ideally um, you need at least three years of Bible college. Yes, translators need to have some um, have done some Hebrew and Greek. Yes. Um, we then have a course in Melbourne um, that takes them through a um, an associate linguistics degree. I've never been to university, so I don't quite. But they do a course that give, give, um, gives them the ability and the skills that they need to then go on um, and be assigned to a field and start translation. Okay. So, so it's quite we a bit find involved. That, yeah. But but if someone's, I always find in life. As long as you have a direction, a goal, if you like, you will hit it, even if it takes a long time. Yeah. If you don't have one, you won't yeah. You won't go anywhere. And it doesn't take that long once you get on the road mm. towards that. Like We've had yeah. chemists become translators. Yeah. We've had mechanical engineers become translators. Mm. We find anyone that's good at maths. You can even use engineers. Even <laughs> use engineers. Um, maths. Music, if they've got any music skills. Well, yeah, often that equates. Yeah, because yeah. they can hear. Maths, you're solving yep. problems. Language is a puzzle that needs to be put together, put together, worked out yep. how it goes. Understood. Um, those sort of people yep. flourish. Okay. Um, yes. Okay. Give them a ring. Yeah. <laughs> Give Margaret a ring. Um, now, now, one question I get a lot as a... Uh, working for mission groups is how do I find the will of God? It's such a we could unpack that theologically, Margaret. But that would take several hours. Yep. Um, just the whole call and all that sort of stuff. We won't do that today. But one way that really helped me when I was young is I went to a conference. Can you guess what its name was? <laughs> Reach out Katoomba. Yeah, Reach out Katoomba conference, probably the largest uh, mission conference in Australia. Um, and uh, my wife and I actually went there and really got some some clear guidance and the spirit moved in us to begin serving uh, Christ overseas. Now, 
you're quite involved in in Reach Out, I believe. Tell I us am. what's your role within the Reach Out Conference Network. Currently, I'm the team leader. Yeah, it it, it is. It's, it's one of the only places where you can get up to thirty or more mission partners, organisations coming together, willing to talk to people about why they do they what they do. We have teaching on um, the biblical. Um, uh, theology of mission we have people inspirational teachers that talk about things that have happened on the field and how they handle it and things like that so everything to do with with uh sharing christ cross-culturally yes, yes. um reaching unreached people groups this year we're going to have a workshop on missions 101 how there you to go. you know so how, if you how to, how to start yeah how to start <laughs> where do i start you know yeah. okay and so there's i imagine there's several hundred people there attendees we have in the past yep. had, you know, seven or 800 people. Yes. Um, our numbers have dropped a little bit in the last couple of years, but we can blame yep. COVID for that. So, so this year we're going to be over at Pacific Hills Christian School. In Sydney? In Sydney, in Dural, on the 2nd of September for a, a day-only um, conference this year and see how that goes. Okay, so get on to, I believe it's reachoutmissions.com. Mission, yeah, missions conference. Mission, yeah, au. I'll put that link in the... Um, in the show notes, uh, so so do it. Don't just just go, just go. There's there's no reason not to. Well, thanks Margaret for talking to us today. Um, it's been a real pleasure. So thank you very much. Thanks Richard. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Reach podcast. For more information or to contact us, go to wec.com.au. God bless and goodbye. Mm-hmm.